Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of My Naked Mindset. I'm your host, Janae Ledger. This is episode number 62. Thank you so much for being here today. I cannot believe that it is July. Happy July. I hope you had a great 4th. I hope you had all of the fireworks and saw all of the fireworks and enjoyed time with family and celebrated America because that's really what it's all about, right? So I am really excited to have you guys listen to this awesome episode, if I do say so myself. I have wanted to do an episode like this for a while, and I of course found the perfect person and guest to talk about this topic, as I always try to, you know, get the, you know, the person who has the knowledge and experience Uh, for you guys, so you guys get, you know, great info on my episodes, but I hope you have been enjoying my Naked Minds episodes. Definitely be sure to request to join my free VIP Facebook group if you just search My Naked Mindsetters on Facebook. You will get free content, you can answer questions, ask advice for the group, and of course, hear me talk about some crazy stuff, and of course, memes, because who doesn't love a funny meme? I personally love funny memes, so if you also enjoy inappropriate funny memes, go request to join that page. And of course, while you're on Facebook, you might as well follow my Naked Mindset podcast on there and stay up to date on all of my episodes and other content on there. Also, if you go and follow My Naked Mindset on Instagram, you will find my beautiful merch that I have designed, and I'm so pumped up about it. So definitely go represent My Naked Mindset. I appreciate the support so much, and I hope you enjoy the designs, and definitely select, you know, items that you like, because there are different color styles on each product. I am so excited to introduce my guest, but I do want to share this very exciting special offer to my listeners from the guest. She is offering my listeners 15% off with code MYNAKEDMINDSET on her website for individual typing sessions and couples typing sessions. What are those, may you ask? Well, if you listen to this beautiful episode, you will learn all about them. So without further ado, here is the episode. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, everyone. I have a very special guest. She has become certified and has built a successful coaching business utilizing the Enneagram to help her clients beat stress. She is also a mom of two, a wife, and a former teacher. Everyone, please welcome to the show, Chelsea. Hello. I'm so excited to have you here today. Yes, I'm excited to be with you. And we found out, since you said Enneagram, we found out we're the same type. So everyone's just going to hear two energy the whole time. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I know it's so funny because we are going to get into all of the Enneagrams, but it's super funny that we are number two, which is the helper. And I have learned so many things about it through Chelsea. And I am so excited to just get into all things Enneagram and how it can really help your relationship. Um, So I want to know like how you kind of got into this work and like how you got to where you are today. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny that you say how it can help your relationship because that's actually how I was introduced to it. So my husband and I had been married for like about five years, but been together for about eight and we had just had a newborn and we were just missing each other in communication. And I had gone to therapy for myself because I had postpartum depression and anxiety and just a generalized anxiety, like my whole life. So, you know, <laughs> but, um, it was super interesting because we went together to a psychologist and after meeting with us for a couple of sessions, he asked me when I was in an individual session, had I heard of the Enneagram and I heard it from Brene Brown's podcast, who by the way is amazing. Um, and, but I didn't know that much about it. And so I was really lucky because I got typed by him and then he kind of utilized that within our therapy. And mm. I just became obsessed with it because as a type two, who is yes, called the helper, um, we're all about the whole thing is that we want to help others and we want them to feel loved and cared for. And we want to do that and, and make them feel special. And what better way to do that than utilizing the Enneagram where you can really get to people's core motivations and get to know them super deeply. So I just became obsessed. I listened to every podcast, read every book. Well, not every book. There's a lot of books. <laughs> I read books and I kind of just became my friend groups, like mini coach without being a coach. And everyone who knew me just kind of had to become obsessed with it. They didn't have a choice at that time. Well, I was still a teacher uh, oh, elementary okay. teacher and instructional coach for Des Moines Public Schools. And um, we'll, we'll just cut to the chase and say, due to a lot of stress, um, I decided to leave teaching. And um, with the support of my husband, I was able to do that. And then I was kind of like flailing around trying to figure out what to do. And I was on my friend's podcast talking about the Enneagram because I love it. Mm -hmm. And the co-host was like, you should be an Enneagram coach. And I'm like, yes, I should. <laughs> so a month later, I found a certification program. I got certified and I just hit the ground running from there. Wow. That's amazing. And how long have you been doing this? So I got certified in October of last year. So awesome. not quite a year yet, but I can't believe it. Last year at this time, I was still teaching. It's nuts. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's such a cool journey too. It's like you were kind of introduced to it and you kind of were just like, you know what? Like, I am so interested in it. And it's so cool when someone like that's their passion, like they love doing or, you know, talking about certain things. And then you're like, I wish that I could make this into a career. And I feel like luckily, I feel like even with technology, we can utilize what we're, what our passions are for, you know, something that we're just so into and help others and, and introduce people to new things. So it is, it is super cool that you were able to you know, find what you're passionate about and just go for it. So I, yeah, I never feel like I'm working. I, I have to like put my computer down because there's just so much to learn. I'm a lifelong learner. Mm. Um, I love connecting with people. Um, I love supporting people and understanding themselves deeper and in relationships. And it's just, it's such a fulfilling thing that like, I thought I would miss teaching. I don't at all because I actually feel more fulfillment because the people who, who choose to enter into Enneagram coaching end up having such huge uh, personal growth and personal gains that mm -hmm. they're like, you changed my life. And I'm like, what? Like, this is just so cool. Like, it's just, I'm like, well, I can quit now. I changed a person's life. So I guess <laughs> that's oh. it. Like <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> that's amazing. I love I know, that. I, love I mean, you're yeah. really making an impact on people's lives. So that's so, and that's so fulfilling. That is so fulfilling. It is. And 
uh, again, another thing about it too, is that we like to be loved, needed and wanted. And so being that support person for someone while they're growing, um, and being the person they go to for guidance is just a huge connection point to who I am. Um, and then really just empowering them and, and then like taking off from there. It's just a beautiful thing. Like I, I cannot, if I could have made up a better job for myself, I couldn't, it's just everything. So I love it. That's amazing. I love that. So let's get into what is an Enneagram because I feel like so many people, you know, it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's a newer thing, but I feel like it's getting more traction. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like people are kind of understanding it more and like getting into it more, at least, you know, that's kind of where I'm coming from. So let's talk about what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you're correct. I feel like there's kind of a resurgence with it because it was popular back in like the eighties. There was kind of a big like push with it. Um, you know, it kind of got brought about in the recent years, uh, recent being like the people who've written the books and done the, the, the main work of it in like the sixties. So it's, it's really been around for a while, but as far as people utilizing it in therapy and, you know, psychologists utilizing it in their work and things like that, I think that that's been happening since the eighties. And then people have started finding these tests online and everybody's obsessed with um, personality tests. So they've been taking it, but I don't think everybody recognizes the power that it can be. So the Enneagram, Enneagram, so Ennea is nine and gram is like picture or diagram. So for those of you who um, can't, uh, obviously you can't see us right now. So just picture a circle and there's nine numbers around the circle. And instead of the 12 being at the top, like a clock, the nine is at the top. And then it goes around clockwise, one, two, three, all the way to eight. Each of the numbers are interconnected. So that's the symbol of the Enneagram, Ennea meaning nine and gram meaning diagram. And the symbol itself is just a representation of how the types are interconnected. Um, so when we say types, we're talking about personality types. And the difference between this personality typing system and others is that it's completely based off of core motivations. So instead of saying, this is your personality, it says, these are the reasons why you do what you do. And from there, it gives you an idea. It's like, well, we all type twos have the same core desire of being loved, wanted, and sometimes needed. We also have the same core fear of being unloved and unwanted. And that creates a type of behavior and attitude that, you know, that is similar. So you'll hear when we're talking about each of the types, you'll hear something and go, oh my God, that's just like my aunt. Oh my God, that's just like my best friend mm. because there are nine types. But the interesting thing about it, there's also three subtypes in each. So there's not just nine types, there's actually 27 types mm. and it also takes into consideration how people change when they're in stress and when they choose to go on a growth path. So each number is interconnected where I'm a two. So in stress, um, I kind of take on some of the like lower. Um, so there's also psychological levels of psychological development and right. I take on some of the lower levels of health of my type. And then I go to the low levels of a type eight, which is the protective challenger. So mm -hmm. that would, that would explain kind of why, you know, you act differently when you're in stress or um, kind of behave a different way, you know? Right. And each type follows that. So each type has a different number they go to in stress. And then they have a number they go to if they choose to take a personal growth path, which is why, you know, working with an Enneagram coach can be super helpful because it can help you learn about your stress path and learn about your growth path. And 
that is just the very beginning because there's about 87 different things with it, but we won't go too deep. So that's like the basic overview of, of kind of the main pieces of the Enneagram that people find to be most helpful and useful is knowing their core motivations, how they behave in stress and how they behave in growth. Wow. That's, that's a beautifully said (laughs) that you nailed it. Um, I think it is so interesting to think about like how every single person in this world is like a little bit different, right? Obviously we have different personality traits and we do things differently. And, And it is an interesting thought of like, when we're in stress, how we feel and how we react, right? It's so interesting. And then like people that are, you know, what their motivation level is or what was the, the growth, the growth. Um, yes. How you're integrating into another type and you don't become right, another right. type. You just take on the healthy. So the, the thing that I've been doing a lot of research on lately is the levels of development. So hmm. it, it's also another, um, another way to help you grow and another way to help you to understand yourself. And it also explains why each type can look completely different. So for me as a type two, I'm kind of up in level four, level three, which is the upper level of average health or healthy level. But when I started my journey, I was in the unhealthy levels and I was acting completely differently than I do now. And so that's another thing that with my program, it's created to help people understand themselves so that they can move up those levels of psychological development. And each of the nine types has their own archetype like that, where you can move up and down the levels. And so that makes sense where you're like, okay, how can a type, how can you be a type two? And I'm a type two, but you're a hot mess. Like you're angry all the time, stressed out, whatever. Well, you're on the unhealthy levels and you go to your stress path much easier. Whereas when you get to the healthier side of things, you have more control of your, you know, psychological development. So therefore you can feel yourself when you're getting stressed and self-regulate a little bit better. Wow. That's, that's deep. I feel like that's, (laughs) it's, it's so intriguing though. Like I'm, I'm so intrigued by this. So and I can't wait for everyone to like hear this and just like learn more about it because it is so and it can really like benefit like yourself like I think therapy is a great way to learn a lot about yourself but this is just like an, a whole other level to you know really self-growth self-knowledge you know it really is it's like self-awareness to right. the 10th millionth degree and what's great is like so for my therapist you know he does know the enneagram not all therapists do Mm. um so a lot of my clients are seeing a therapist weekly but then they also see me and they're like it's like another dose of therapy but like more Mm. pointed because there's strategies to work on and I see like the levels and whatever so I'm actually going to be collaborating with my psychologist and and we're going to be working together with clients too so it's like it gets to that point where you're like you can see the connections between therapy I'm not a therapist because I don't work with I basically work with people who are at those like average levels and above so that maybe Mm. you've been going to therapy for a while and you've, you've seen yourself grow and you're kind of at a plateau and you don't really know where to go from there. That's where I can kind of grab you and help you just continue up, you know, making yourself more self-aware and, um, understanding your stress responses so that you can switch them up. And there's lots of subconscious things that are just really under the surface that people don't really know are kind of changing their behavior. So yeah, we should get into it though. We should help people like learn about the types. They feel like we're, we're getting deep in the weeds yes. and I'm sure everyone now is just going, okay, well, what are the types though? Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's go over them. Let's do an overview. Okay. I'd love to. Um, uh, let's see. 
So we talked about before we started that we're going to do like a little bit overview of each type and then also talk a little bit about them in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You want to still do that? Okay. Yes. So this can kind of help you if you hear about a type. What I will also say is Janae and I are going to talk about this afterwards because we did a typing session, which is basically where I helped Janae learn her type and we brought her boyfriend along with us. Um, And so it was a really fun thing. So we'll talk about that. Um, You can figure out your type by taking a test. Um, There's a bunch of them out there. Free tests are about 60% accurate and um, the paid tests can do a little better. So um, that's always one way to do it. But of course I'm going to recommend, and I think Janae would back up that like doing it with a coach is almost necessary because a lot of the questions, I don't know, you say something about that, I guess. I completely agree. It was so much more like you really like made it so clear what we are. And you asked the really important questions that really pinpoint exactly what we were. Cause you were right. You might, you know, score really high on one type, but that might be just certain parts of you, but you're really another type. And that's what Chelsea was so great about just figuring out what you are and exactly pinpointing, okay, this is, this is exactly your type. So it was amazing. Absolutely. And I, and that's why I like to talk about that before we get started, because you'll hear a few types. You're like, well, that sounds like me. Well, that sounds like me. Like I said, from the beginning, these types are interconnected and, and, and you do have all these core motivations that I talk about. Everyone has these, these nine core motivations. It's mm-hmm. just that one of them is the one that really drives your um, actions and behaviors. And so that's, that's where working with a coach who understands the whole system, the ins, the outs, the mistypes, the, all the things that can happen gets you started from the beginning in your right type. Cause there's so many people who try to type themselves and then they spend a year as a type two, and then they find out that they're nine. And so the hardest part is getting started. So if you start with the right type right away, then you're going to have an amazing growth journey from there. So we will start with type one. Um, why not? <laughs> so type one is called, so I will say each has a, a nickname just to kind of help because especially when you first enter the system, you're like, what was the type one again? So, um, it's not, it kind of helps you to figure out about the types, but it's not, you know, perfectly describing the full type, if you will, it's much more than what the title is. So, um, type one is the moral perfectionist and their core fear is of being bad, evil, or wrong. And their core desires being right and good. So these type of people are like really intentional and self-disciplined. They're improvement focused and hardworking. They have high standards and morals and ethics, Um, but they're also extremely hard on themselves. And they feel like sometimes they see other people cutting corners and it like really bothers them because they hold themselves to such a high standard. So that's a type one. And so of course, in a, in a partner, they seek someone with integrity, commitment, fairness, and shared values. Um, cause you can see how that would be important to someone who wants to be good. <laughs> right. Um, and so they, yeah, their relationships thrive when they have those shared values of integrity, justice, and doing what's right. And when other, like the other person like carries the weight and does their part. Cause a lot of time type ones feel like they're always the responsible one. Interesting. Yeah. So they like to have a partner who can take on responsibilities too, or there could be a lot of interpersonal conflict there. So that's a type one. Um, Type two is the supportive helper. And that is Janae and I, (laughs) as we've already stated, core fear is being unwanted, unloved or replaceable. So we get a lot of rejection sensitivity issues of like, 
she's not in your head. Do you want to say anything about that? <laughs> I mean, I'm always in my head. I always overthink everything. If someone is mad at me, I will have anxiety. Like I just, and rejection is, is kind of tough on me for sure. Yeah. And I mean, it can be really simple things where yeah. it kind of really hits at our core because we're afraid that someone's going to try to replace us. And it's, it's really deep in there. You might not know that that's really what's going on, but that's that's where learning your Enneagram type is so powerful. Cause you're like, that's why I'm doing this. Right. And then every time I do something that's type two, I'm like, dang it, you Enneagram. <laughs> um, so yes, our core desire is being loved, wanted, and sometimes needed. Um, yeah. So we're optimistic and positive. We take initiative to try to help however we can. Um, we're genuine, warm, and thoughtful sometimes we feel like we know what's best for other people because we can sense their needs. And so sometimes we step on people's toes because we're in their business because we think we know what's best for them. Right. And we annoy them. (laughs) And um, also uh, in the more average levels, you can burn yourself out for doing things for others, even when you're not asked to. You're nodding your head. Tell me more. (laughs) Literally. I I feel like that's like a that's always been a thing for me. I always like, if something small happens and I'll be like, Tyler, like, you know, that you said that. And it really just, it hurt my feelings or even if it's something little, like, and then he'll be like, babe, like, that's not what I meant. And I'll just like, I'll think it's like a big thing in my head. But like, then when I say it out loud and I express to him something, he'll be like, that's not what I meant. Or, you know, it's really okay. Like that person didn't mean it like that. You're overthinking it. You're like, never, no, not such a thing. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. For me, I would find myself, um, I mean, it's really easy to do as a teacher, like to be there for everybody, but it's another reason why I got really burnt out teaching, um, because I want everyone to feel loved by me and, and I want everyone to need me. And so I made myself irreplaceable in so many places. And then we do this thing where we decide that we're going to be um, pretty prideful that our help is the best help. And if people don't like it and people don't want it, then we're going to get pissed about it because it's like, um, yeah. So each type also has their core weakness too. So um, ours is pride where we're like, no, my help's the best help. And you should listen to what I say and you better take my advice. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Oh God. I started doing it and I'm like, oh. There it was. (laughs) And I think being appreciated too and like getting, well, my, my love language, which I think pairs kind of nicely with this is words of affirmation. Like I love getting that reassurance and a a simple thank you goes a long way for me. You know, have to be appreciated because otherwise, because we think we're doing everything for everyone. Like I'll clean the house and I'll tell myself the whole time, my husband's going to love this. Like I'm doing this for him. And then he doesn't say anything. And I'm like, well, what the hell? I cleaned the whole house. And he's like, yeah, like, didn't you want the house to be clean too? So I've had to separate myself from that, like quite a bit and Hmm. be mindful of like, okay, I'm cleaning the house for me. Like I want the house clean. And if nobody else says, thank you, like I'm going to thank my damn self, you know? (laughs) So anyway, that's us twos. And for us in relationships, um, intimacy, affection, togetherness, emotional connection, um, is just a huge piece for us. And, you know, when others express love and appreciation and when we get to have time together with our loved ones and when our needs are recognized, respected, and met because we're so 
um, busy doing things for others that a lot of times we feel like we're last on the list, but we kind of put ourselves there. So it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. <laughs> that totally makes sense. Yes. Okay. So the next one is the type three, um, which is called the successful achiever. And their core fear is of failure, being exposed or being seen as worthless. And their core desire is being valuable and successful. So they're charming, friendly, energetic, hardworking, competent. They're not afraid of a challenge. Um, and they love like friendly competition or not so friendly competition because they want to be successful and show how good they are. Um, their image is really important to them and they might kind of alter themselves and in, in their expressions to gain admiration. So they're kind of called the chameleon and their um, core weakness is called um, deceit because they deceive themselves and others in order to gain favor. So they kind of change up the way they act and behave around different people so that they will be seen as, you know, someone of value to that person. So they kind of lose themselves in that. Um, and don't really know who they truly are because they kind of just act differently around different people so that they can be successful. And they have a low tolerance for anyone slowing down their mission. They're very goal orient oriented and they're going to go after what they want in order to show that successful like side of themselves. Hmm. And for them, they want competency, attractiveness, shared goals or shared social groups and passion and drive. So they want someone who's going to keep up with their, you know, with their fast pace of life of where they're trying to go after goals um, in a relationship. And when others express admiration, appreciation, and encouragement and respect them for their determination and drive. Um, they also want their partner to be independent, but supportive because type threes don't have a lot of time to stop and smell the roses. They're kind of going forward and their work is going to come first. And so they want a partner that can understand that. Kind of go, go, go person. Exactly. Yes. And they don't, they really don't stop to like feel those emotions much. They're just kind of like, what we're going, like, what's next? Like I have another work meeting, let's go kind of thing. So okay. that's the successful achiever type four is the romantic individualist. Um, and their core fear is of being defective, mundane, or insignificant. And their core desire is being unique and special. Um, and so these are the people who are introspective, intuitive, and just naturally creative. They see the beauty in things in the world and, you know, small things, they, they are the stop and smell the roses people. Um, they're, they're wells of empathy and they're incredible listeners and supportive friends. They have a special ability to find meaning in purpose and beauty in all things in life. Um, however, they spend a lot of time in dark, moody, melancholic feelings. So they're your like super kind of emo type people who are kind of always being tossed around by their internal emotions and they're kind of down a lot of the times, but they're okay with that. Like they're fine with feeling the feels and feeling down and not changing it at all. And they deeply long to feel understood, but they feel that no one gets them. Hmm. So a type four in a relationship seeks authenticity. They want someone who's going to be real and true because that's what they, that's what they want for themselves. They want mm -hmm. compassion and emotional depth and they want to be truly seen. So they want people to like work to see them. But the, fun, the funny thing is, is like, they want to be truly seen, but they also want to be special. And so if, if they're truly seen and they're like, wait, am I not special? It's, it's a whole, it's like a battle. Right. Yeah. 
Um, they want to be able to be their honest self and not be judged. Um, when others are attentive, committed, open, affirming, romantic, and don't attempt to fix them because they are so emotional. And a lot of the time, you know, that those emotions are melancholic and kind of, you know, dark and, and just, you know, in their feels, it, it, it hurts them for people to try to cheer them up. Like they need to feel those feels. So they need someone that cheers them up, but they want someone who won't. <laughs> Interesting. That's, that's, that could probably be a double-edged sword in some situations. Yes. Um, so that is the type four. Um, the type five is the investigative thinker and their core fear is being incompetent, incapable, or invaded. And by invaded, that just means people coming into their space and, and taking from them. So whether their space is talking about their emotional energy or their actual space, like their physical space around them, they don't like people around them. They're more withdrawn. So their core desire is being capable and competent. So they're observers, researchers, and analytical thinkers. Um, they're knowledgeable, independent, and emotionally controlled. So they don't show their emotions much. They're very like, you know, straightforward. And it's not that they don't feel, it's just that they rationalize everything with their minds and keep everything real, just like about um, rational things. Like they, they don't really go deep. Like they don't want the drama basically. Interestingly enough, they're right by the most dramatic type. So those two types kind of play off of each other. It's really interesting. I feel, um, like, I feel like that type is a few of my ex-boyfriends. The four or the five? The five. Oh, okay. Yeah. My brother is a five. So it took me a while to understand them, but they're calm, rational, and thoughtful. They just don't want any drama. They struggle with scarcity mindset. So they have a hard time sharing their energy and time. So they're very reserved with their time. They're going to spend most of their time on their own, doing what they want to do, focused on the things they're interested in. Um, and they will spend time with those few people around them that they like really trust and feel, you know, comfortable with, but they only have so much to give and then they shut down and they're done for the day. And they're really private and, you know, they kind of struggle to empathize with people because they keep everything really, you know, up in their brains. Would so, you consider that like a, um, introvert kind of so each of the types um you know you could say they're more there's some that'll be more introverted and more extroverted mm -hmm. for sure so instead of calling introverted there's three stances there's assertive and aggressive there's um withdrawn which you would kind of say introvert and then there's dependent mm -hmm. um wow. the sort of aggressive is the types that are probably more of the extrovert and then dependent are the types who need someone else close by to make them feel okay and to help them feel like, um, you know, to compare themselves to others, to feel like they're doing okay. Type twos are dependent. We need those uh, people in our lives to be there to us, to give us that affirmation that we're loved, you know. Okay. Um, the type fives and the four are both withdrawn types. So you'll meet some fives that are um, extroverted, but I think the great majority of them would say they're introverted for sure. Yes. Okay they're the observers they're the ones that just kind of sit and watch people talk they have a lot of things yep. going on in their mind but they're just not going to really like say a lot yep they're kind of more quiet like reserved yeah. seems like yeah they're reserved and they're kind of just like it's not worth my time to really say anything right now like whatever you know <laughs> just, it comes off very aloof to people so right right um and they're like no i'm not no i'm not in a bad mood everything's fine like everything's good <laughs> yep i just don't want to talk so um 
they seek in a partner, they want, they want autonomy. Obviously they want someone who can definitely do their own thing. Um, curiosity, intellectual depth and steadiness, because they don't really like big emotion, emotional fluctuation. They want someone who can be really steady with them, you know, trustworthy. Um, there's a respect for individuality when others aren't offended by their need for independence and when others are direct in communication and when they affirm them, they don't like beating around the bush. They just want you to tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of asking them how they feel, you should ask them what they think because they'll really never be able to tell you how they feel. <laughs> in, that's a good, that's a good question to ask. I like that. Yeah. You can see how this would really help with relationships because you're going to oh. put a two with a five and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Huge, huge. Yes. Super. Um, types. Sorry, I'm talking a lot. Do you want to add anything? No, no. I, I love this. This is great. I, I kind of just, sometimes I'm curious, so I'll throw something in, but you're, you're killing it. This is Okay, so- great. I feel like I'm just like overtaking your whole podcast. No, please, please do. <laughs> Keep going. You're, you're doing great. All right. Give me more affirmations. You know, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> you are doing great, sweetie. <laughs> Um, oh shoot here we go all right type six is the loyal skeptic I'm going to tell you right now if you're new to the Enneagram type sixes is the most like interesting type because one six can look completely different than another six because of the different um subtypes and each type has subtypes but the sixes it just shows up so much differently and there's also phobic sixes and counterphobic sixes Phobic sixes are kind of more in that, like in the sense of fear, they're kind of just going to like fall back a little bit, kind of maybe do some fawning or, you know, freezing. Whereas the counterphobic sixes are going to be much more like in your face about things. Um, and each of the sixes can have moments where they're more phobic or more counterphobic. So it's just a, a wide array. Um, and their core fear is fear itself or of being out without support or guidance. So they're kind of afraid of literally everything. (laughs) Okay. I think I know um, people like this. Yes. And they, their core desire is for safety and security. They're searching for that security. They're also a dependent type like us. So they want this thing called, um, optimal distance. They really would love to be independent, but they do need that security system for them to feel safe and okay. So they, they, they want someone to give them some space, but they need them close enough so that they can rely on them too. Mm. So they're dutiful, committed, responsible, hardworking, compassionate, and loyal to those they trust. Um, their minds are very active and they make excellent troubleshooters because they're constantly thinking they have the, um, they have the inner committee in their mind. It's going around and around in circles. Like maybe this, maybe that, maybe this, maybe that giving you all these different choices. So they struggle with analysis paralysis and their core weakness is anxiety. So they just kind of sit there and go, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And they ask everybody like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think like that? (laughs) Because they just can't make a decision. They can't choose. Yeah. Yes. Um, We all have those moments, but like that is their 24 hours a day. Setting. Um, their active mind creates contrasting ideas, what ifs, and self-doubts. Um, a lot of times, like in a lot of communities, you'll hear that they're like the worst case scenario thinkers. So they'll be like, oh, you shouldn't do that because this could happen. Um, not all three of the subtypes do that, but like that can be a thing that happens. Like you're just trying to have like a fun day and they're like, oh, you shouldn't do that because this is going to happen. And you're like, come right. on. <laughs> 
Um, they're, they're overly responsible and they have a hard time not setting limits um, or feeling badly for getting everything done that they think they should have. So they have very high expectations, mostly because they wanna meet the expectations of others, um, but they have those expectations of themselves too. Um, and type sixes, they want honesty, reliability, stability, and loyalty and commitment from their partners. Um, it thrive, relationships will thrive when both are committed, open, and don't withhold information, and when others are supportive while also encouraging their abilities. So that optimal distance I was talking about. Mm. So yes, yeah, sixes, we could do a whole podcast just on them because there's like that's There's so like scary. so many differences in them. I love working with sixes. I've worked with several and they have such growth because when they're able to overcome that anxiety and overwhelm, it's just like getting out from underneath of like being, being, being like underwater and just coming out from it and being like, oh, this is what right. I could be like if I like stop worrying. And it's not that they don't stop worrying. It's just, they have more control over the things they're worrying about. Definitely. Wow. Okay, so we just have a few left. Um, we're on to type seven, which is what we decided Tyler is. Tyler right? is, yep. Okay, the enthusiastic, enthusiastic optimist. So their core fear is of being deprived, trapped in emotional pain, or limited. So they don't want limits placed on them. Um, their core desire is being satisfied and fulfilled. So they're energetic, fun-loving, spontaneous. They dream big. And they take some small tasks and make them fun and exciting. Like everything can be like a fun party with them. Um, they have a thirst for adventure and they love sharing their excitement for life. Um, they get hardcore FOMO. Uh, their thirst for life has no limits. So they like will fill up their calendar or get a bunch of things that they think they want to do. And then they'll be like, no, but I really, what if something better comes up? And like, they'll... Yeah. They get kind of scattered and chaotic and hard to keep up with. Uh, it really depends on what level of development they are, but you know, it's the person who you're always having a great time with them, but you never know where you're going to see them again because you can't make a plan with them because they're always doing something. Right. Um, and for them, they thrive in relationships when they can have pleasure and, uh, and their partner is optimistic and versatile, do a lot of different fun things with them. Um, and adventure and, and excitement. So they don't want a partner who, you know, limits them in any way. Yeah. They want to laugh and have fun with their people when others respect their need for spontaneity and freedom and when others are safe for their negative feelings. So they don't have, they have a lot of negative feelings, but they try to move on from them very quickly, but they need a partner who can be safe for them for when they do have those negative feelings. Yes. I think that's why we work out so well. Cause He's really, po I would say I'm really positive too, but he's like always positive, always thinking about the good thing. But then you're right when he needs me and like, he's going through something like I'm there to kind of be his rock because I'm the helper. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And both of you are in the positive thinking triad or the positive um, reaction triad. So like there's different ways that each um, of the different types will go after conflict or react when they get, have a problem they want to solve. And twos and sevens, um, twos, sevens, and nines are all in that positive thinking where they try to like find the bright side of things so that everybody feels good and happy. Um, but I would say type sevens almost do it in this like neurotic way where like they have to find something positive in what's going on or they're going to like hate it. <laughs> yes, that's so Tyler. <laughs> it's like it was a waste of a day if I can't find something positive. Literally. Yep. That's him. 
but like chasing positivity at all times, like you can't have pure joy if you don't also have like the sadness piece of things. Like you have to experience all emotions. And so that's a big growth thing for the type sevens. Definitely. And also finishing something is a big thing for types. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Type eight, um, the protective challengers, their core fear is of being controlled, harmed, or manipulated. Um, their core desire is control, strength, and power to protect themselves. Um, so they're assertive, passionate, determined. They're natural leaders and they're strong-willed and self-assured. Um, they're decisive, determined, honest, and straightforward. Now with all those strong, intense, like feelings like that, they are the most energetic, excuse me, of all nine types. Hmm. Many people experience this intensity and this fire they have as being like aggressive or assertive or dominant, but Mm. they don't really even know that they're being that way. It's just literally the way they are. (laughs) Like, right. Right. Yes. Like they're not buttheads or anything, but like people will meet them sometimes like, geez, oh, Pete's they're a lot, you know, um, they're focused on their mission. So sometimes they can end up dismissing other voices or desires because they want their mission. right? Right. Um, and they refuse to be controlled and struggle when they're not the leader. Um, they get a bad rap sometimes I'll say they get a bad rap. Um, but in partners, they seek loyalty, direct communication. They want someone with a backbone. They can't stand it when people are wishy-washy. Um, and they want intensity and passion. They seek that intensity for sure. They lust for that intensity. Um, others respect, uh, they want others respect, um, and aren't overwhelmed people who aren't overwhelmed with that intensity because they want to be these intense people. Like, you know, not try to change that intensity about them, but just like love that intensity about them. Um, they like when others are supportive, trustworthy, honest, and can hold their own, you know, cause they're going to go toe to toe with you. So you better be ready to hold your own. <laughs> Definitely. And in stress, that's the number we go to. So oh. yes, yes. We go to the unhealthy side of that one. So we get real domineering and, um, we try to get control. Yes, for sure. Okay. So we're finally to the type nine and depending on which podcast you listen to, sometimes nines don't have to wait to the end, but poor nines waiting till the very end <laughs> type nines, the peaceful mediator. Um, my husband's a type nine. Oh. A couple of my really good friends are type nines. So type nines core fear is conflict of being overlooked or separated. Um, and their desire is of being serene and at peace. Um, so they're accepting and gracious and others affirming they're open and non-judgmental, kind and supportive spirits. Um, they see multiple perspective and ensure everyone's voice is heard sometimes except theirs because they have a feeling that their voice and opinion doesn't matter. Um, so they stay kind of in the background, um, depending on their subtype and they're kind of more like listeners and supporters and, Um, They have a hard time sharing things about themselves because they don't want others to know their opinions because then there might be a conflict. So they want others um, to be heard. So they lose their own voice. Like I said, Uh, when they're overwhelmed, they kind of zone out and just disengage completely. So they go into what I refer to as turtle mode. So they just associate and you're just like shut down there in their inner sanctum, just finding that peace again. So I can tell with my husband, I'm like, okay, you need to go like peace out, dude. Like literally peace out. Like, right. Right. 
Um, so yeah, they look for um, just acceptance, ease and comfort, connection, positive energy. Um, they want that organic connection and they really do need that independence because they need that time to recharge and feel mm. that peace again. So they need a partner who's like not dependent like me <laughs> to give them that space. That's been a growth piece for me. Um, non-judgment, kindness and gentleness and communication, because again, they're very like they, you know, conflict for them feels different than like for an eight, for example, conflict mm-hmm. doesn't hurt them at all. They're all about conflict. Right. And so then, you know, you get with a, a nine and an eight together and it's like, <laughs> so is that technically like two types that are not very good together in a relationship? You Would you say? Um, I, it would depend on the nine. It would depend on the eight. I would never oh, say okay. that types cannot be in a relationship together because mm. The nine need, well, first of all, you can be a nine with an eight wing. wing. So you can, they can go into, we didn't talk about wings yet, but <laughs> you can go into those, like either type beside you, you can borrow from some of that. And so um, I definitely have a friend who's a nine wing eight and she's social nine. So she's much more outgoing and she'll, she's a good manager and she's, you know, she'll have conflict with people when it's necessary. Mm. Um, but then if you have like a nine wing one who's self-preservation, like my husband, everything can be felt like a conflict. So there's just big fluctuations between each one. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of the overview of each one. I don't want to get too intense because I know there's a lot of jargon and back and forth, but, um, those are, that's the overview of the nine types. That was awesome. And your knowledge is just impeccable. I I loved hearing all of them and I'm sure people are going to be like, Oh my God, I wonder which one I am. So let's get into like, I guess maybe, uh, well, how about I talk about like my experience with the, doing the test and then we'll kind of go over some listener questions. So Chelsea sent me and Tyler the test. So it's basically just multiple choice questions and you basically have to choose not what you want to be, but what you actually do. So meaning if I really want to, I don't know, I'm like, we said, I'm a really, like, I always want to help people and, and stuff like that, but there might be certain situations where I really want to, I don't, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, maybe, maybe I'm over helping and I'm like, I really wish that I couldn't help this person right now, but like, I just want to. And so I might want to be that type of person, but it's kind of what you are. Right. Yeah. A lot of it's subconscious. So when you're taking the test, the question might be something like, you know, I seek peace and try to stay away from conflict. And then the other one's like, I um, have no problem with conflict and whatever. And you're like, well, I kind of am both. Like, I don't really want to get in a conflict, but it's like one of them is truly you. So yes, it goes through all of the nine types. Um, It's a a lot of questions because there's nine types and it kind of compares, you know, to each of them. So you can kind of pick over, you know, like, I'm much more type eight than type nine. I'm much more, you know, kind of thing like that. Cause you do, you have all nine types within you. It's just, Mm -hmm. which one is your core type? So yeah, you kind of have to go like, yeah, I wish I was more like, yes, I'm going to like, you know, be peaceful, but I'm not, I'm more controlling than I really like to be. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So the questions were very, very interesting. And then, you know, Chelsea received our results. And then that's when we had our, what you call a typing session with her. And so that part was so cool. Honestly, we didn't really know 
what to expect going into it and like Chelsea's knowledge was just amazing she asked like some really really deep questions that me and Tyler actually had to like kind of sit there and like really think about what our answers were and it really kind of gets down to like the root of which type you really truly are and so she asks some really great questions and it was I mean, I was blown away by some of the the things like I was like, oh, wow, I've never thought of this. And it really gets your mind thinking. And it is kind of cool, too, to like see what your partner like during the couples typing sessions, which Chelsea also does. Um, it's kind of cool to see like what your partner's choices are. And then it kind of makes you think like, am I choosing the right one? And then sometimes I'd be like, Tyler, do you agree with my my choice? So it's really like it's really a cool, fun date night. And that's something that, you know, you can totally connect with her on. And I don't know if you want to talk about a little bit of the couple session, couples typing sessions a little bit more. Yeah, I absolutely love doing couples typing sessions. Um, I feel like, like you said, it's a great date night because talk about a way to just like do something different that, you know, you at the end are going to know yourself deeper and your own needs. And then you're going to know your partners. And yes, you're going to solidify things about them that you're like, we already knew that, (laughs) but now you're going to have this different lens through which you can see your partner. And you're going to be able to learn all about their brains and their thought processes, how they act in stress and all of these different things in this one thing, you know, in this one like moment. And you're like, Oh, that's why you do that. Oh, that's, you know, and, and then you can see how your personalities either mesh or have some like difficulties and it gives you a, a, a space to have like almost a third person in the conversation, even when I'm not there, because then you can go, I wonder if that's like a type seven thing, you know, and like, you can kind of look into it. So it's a way to bring up some, you know, tough communication issues with your partner that isn't like blameful, you know, and we don't want to use the Enneagram to be like, yeah, you suck your blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, that is why you are doing that because that's your fear. And you're trying to run away from that. And, and just as much as my core desire is like at the heart of all the things I do, so is yours, but it's different than mine. And that's okay. And like that just like deep understanding of my partner, like obviously, like I said, I learned about it through couples counseling and it just blew my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, that's why he's doing that. And that's why he's going crazy when I'm like, cause he's withdrawn and I'm like, pay more attention to me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and whenever I even start a conflict anywhere, that's not even a conflict. He's like, he's like, oh my gosh, you shouldn't have brought that up. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I can relate to that so much. Oh my gosh. Like, oh yes. My so I mean, couple sessions, they take, they can take up to two hours. It just kind of depends on the couple. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, you take the test ahead of time and even just doing that is kind of fun. I really encourage people to do the test on their own and not with their partner so that they can definitely not, you know, and, and I, I set up kind of boundaries at the beginning where I'm like, cause it, I never know. I've never met these people. So I'm just like, I don't know, this person's going to interrupt every time. So I'm like, you're going to answer your own question first. And if you'd like to invite your partner in to give their side or ask their opinion, then you can definitely do that. Um, but please don't comment on your partner's like Voice, <laughs> right. kind of uncovering some like deep things about yourself. No, so it'd be pretty easy for people to get their butt hurt. Like, oh, <laughs> butt I hurt com- afterwards, like you didn't have to say that. <laughs> I completely agree. And I think that when you said that it really, 
it was such a good, like such good advice because you're, you're exactly right. Like some of the things I was like, and me and Tyler, a lot of the questions that you asked, we had completely different answers, but it was funny because one of my top um, types were, was seven and that's what he is. But in the end, number two was what I was. So it was very interesting. And like I said, I thought it was so interesting and it's so, so beneficial to learn more about you and your partner. So let me ask you this. What is like a great example of like something that you've benefited from the Enneagrams, like in your relationship? Yeah, it's, it's, I can't, it's hard for me to even separate out what benefits are not a part of the Enneagram at this point, because we were, like I said, we had um, sought out therapy because we were just arguing all the time. And um, we have such different points of view on things, like with him being withdrawn, with me being dependent, just having voice to those things helped me so much to understand my husband and to love him more deeply and to be able to get my own needs met. I needed to go on my own personal growth journey before I could even really be a good partner for him. You know, I had a lot of my own stuff that I had to take care of and stop being so dependent on him for all dependent on him for all of that love appreciation and go on my growth path. Cause we go to actually go to the type four, the healthy side of the four, who's more individualistic. And we learn about ourselves and who we are, what our needs are, what we want. And that's the partner he wanted. He wanted an autonomous partner, right? And so, and he's got on his growth path and he's more okay with my, my needs for every once in a while. I, I, I get dramatic. I'm emotional. I, um, and he's like learned about those parts of me. Um, and so I think it's just has upped our communication, like times 5,000, like, because we are able to really actually have conversation about the issue rather than just talking at each other. Um, I can, I can see it from his lens because I know what his motivations are and I understand his type so deeply. So it's just, I literally cannot even imagine what our relationship would be if I didn't know about it. And any of my, um, any of my clients, who start learning about it are like, Oh my gosh. Cause then when you're having a fight, you can be like, you know what? I wonder if this is like our two core desires, just like going at each other, you know? Yes. yes. So it's just an amazing way to like, like I said, it's a third person in the conversation. So it's not your fault or my fault. It's who we are as people and the motivations yeah. we have. So it just, and you can learn so much about your partner and then support them in such a great way that your relationship gets so much deeper and the love that's there is just so much more rich because you like are loving them for that true essence of their motivation of who they are so yeah it is and it's I love that and just like hearing your story it's so it's so powerful I feel like it really can like improve your relationship in so many different aspects which is just incredible and and even if a couple might be going through some hard times like try this out and 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 really find out what your your core like personality is and and your needs and your wants and all this all of these different things can really just benefit you and your relationship so I think that's it's it's just so intriguing to me yeah. I mean, when he starts turtling, I don't take it as personal yes. anymore. I'm like, he needs right. that. It has nothing to do with me. It's just right. what he needs at his essence. And now I'm like, it's not like I like to get appreciation. It's like, 
I need appreciation. You could not appreciate me enough, you know, and just as much as you need that alone time, I need you to like put those words on me because I feel loved. And like, obviously it's our own thing, each individual's own like place to be able to meet their own core desires. And that's what happens. Like the very highest level of health is called the level of liberation and you release your core fear. And it's just like, you're free. Like you're free from that fear. It's not, doesn't have a grip on you anymore. And you know, it's just, it's amazing as you move up the levels, how you feel that freedom. And that's why I say for um, my clients that I help them unlock the Enneagram type to beat stress and overwhelm. It's not that there's never stress in your life. You're going to have stress. Right. But you need it because you have control over your stress responses because you know exactly what they feel like and what's causing that. So you can just make a different choice. You know, you can make a different choice and you can, and it's up to you to make that choice. Your partner can't do that for you. So when you take and have that like efficacious self growth moment, and then your partner's doing it too. I mean, boom, right. it's a beautiful, right. gorgeous thing. <laughs> that's, that's so powerful. I love that. Um, let's see. What are some common questions you get asked from your clients? Do you have like, is there some things that people are always wanting to know or what they're They always want to know what their wing is. I feel like, because when you first enter the system, you get your core type. Well, for Mm -hmm. one thing, they want to know what their type is for sure. Because they're like, am I a nine? Am I a six? Because there's some that are like pretty common to mistype. So like I said, the sixes, because they're so different and they have a hard time deciding things, they're the most common to mistype. Um, so they can mistype as a one, a two, a three a, or an eight. <laughs> oh, wow. That's and crazy. so, yeah, it's hard. And that's why I say like, just getting into the system is the most difficult piece. And so I would say above just like knowing what their type is and people are like, well, what's my wing? And they want to understand that first. And then they're probably just like, well, how do I act in stress? And those main type, like type things that everybody's kind of heard about. Um, And then, I mean, I just did an awesome series on the childhood experience of each type. And so, I mean, there's just different Mm -hmm. levels of each thing. So then it's like, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? So yeah, each series that I put out on my Instagram just like creates more depth for people's experience with the Enneagram and then more depth in the questions I get, you know, but right, I think right. the big thing is, is like, well, then what's my wing and what's my subtype and, and those types of things. Interesting. Now, is there a common or is there a type that's the, like a lot of people have like the most common one? The most common is nine. And I get that information, um, based off of a, there's like a couple different studies online. I don't know the validity of these studies. They say it's like a 20,000. I want to say maybe it was more like a hundred. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's not a huge sample size, but you know, they, they took it from the free tests, what people ended up, you know, and ended up being as their type. And mm-hmm. as I said before, free tests are only about 60% accurate. So who even knows how valid these are, sure. um, but it's kind of common, you know, people, you might hear different things, you know, there's whatever, mm-hmm. but I would say type nine, uh, sit nines and sixes are pretty common types. Yes. Wow. Yes. That is super cool. Um, so nine was the peaceful mediator. Sorry. The one that oh, I yeah. kind of forget sometimes I, that people are just listening. 
Type nine is the peaceful mediator and type six is that loyal skeptic who has the anxiety as their core, um, like weakness. So interesting. That is super cool. Um, do you think that love languages contribute to the Enneagrams? So there is definitely, that's, you know, I'm a part of like a Facebook group that's about Enneagrams and relationship. And that's a question that comes up a few times. I've seen a few creators and and coaches on on Instagram kind of do some quizzes for people and Mm. what they've come up like, you know, polls or whatever. So they're like, what's your type and what's your love language? Mm. I mean, there is some correlation, but really it's kind of all over the board. So I think it probably depends on your subtype. It probably depends on where you're on level of development. Um, and that it's, there's some that you can say, like for obviously for type two words of affirmation and quality time are going to be bigger. Um, and I think like type threes and sevens sometimes have a little bit more with the gifts, but it's, it just kind of, it, you know, there's not like full correlations with it. I will say just people have been interested in it, but I haven't seen any like real data on the subject. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, that makes sense. Um, any last minute discussions or anything else that you want to add before we play our game? Um, I'll just say that, you know, if you're intrigued or interested about the Enneagram, just know that what we talked about tonight or today on the podcast is just the tip of the iceberg of the depth of this system. And so it's, it's, it's so fun to learn about. And, um, if you're interested at all, I would absolutely love to be the person that helps you get started with your, your journey so that you can get typed and just like, there's tons and tons of free stuff online that you can learn about your type. You know, you don't have to invest a lot of money after that to like start your growth process. You obviously can, you can hire me as your coach, but I'm just telling you, it's just a fun thing to do too. And then you're going to want to know what everyone is in your whole like life. You're going to be like, wait, what type is that person? But you're not supposed to type other people. (laughs) Oh, that's good advice. So, because you don't know what their core motivations are. And I will tell you, like, as an Enneagram coach who is certified and knows the system back and front, I still mistype people because you don't know what their core motivations are. You can maybe have Mm -hmm. a guess. But until they've answered, you know, all these in-depth questions, like you don't know. So, and especially because each type can look completely different depending on if they're unhealthy or healthy in their levels of development. So just know that it's more confusing than just being like, oh, that person's a perfectionist. So they're a type one. Right. Um, And the more you learn about it, the more you're going to want to do that. But, and you know, everyone does it. (laughs) But No, that's good. (laughs) Good advice. Let it. Let the experts take it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you ready for our game? Let's do it. All right. So it's just called this or that. So just pick whichever one you like better or prefer. Okay. So the first one is pizza or pasta. Oh, pizza. Pizza number pizza. one. Love it. Yes. Um, coffee or smoothie? <laughs> Cold brew with um cold foam on top love it i love that um pie or cake 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 i really like pie i don't know no. why but I, I mean like cheesecake would oh, be the yeah. top for me actually um and then like a molten cake and then like birthday cake um i'm not a sweet scal myself but i just don't really like pie 
Yeah, I know it's either people love it or hate it. I feel like there's yeah. not really much in between. And I'll eat it if you put it in front of me. Well, I'm not going to like tell a pie no, but I'm just not going to go seek it out. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um, breakfast or dinner? Dinner. Dinner. I love savory food. Like, yeah. I mean, you can have savory food for breakfast too, but I feel like I love going out to dinner and having just like this fantastic culinary experience with several courses of just delicious food paired with wine and like I I worked in fine dining for like as a as a waitress and hostess and bartender and all the things for many years so I just like I love the experience of just sitting and enjoying like this delicious dinner and breakfast is good but I feel like I'm always just like wait what am I going to eat for breakfast (laughs) I don't know (laughs) that's totally fair um wine or a margarita what are you doing to me? <laughs> You're like, <"Dang> it. <laughs> um, oh geez. If I'm making the margarita, then a margarita. I know that sounds I'm a helper. Hello, I know the best. Wait. Oh no, that's fair. Some margaritas I've had, and I'm like, what the hell is in this thing? Listen, they're too sour, and you yes. need to balance that sourness with it. So if I'm out at a restaurant, I'm probably more likely to, to get wine because I know mm-hmm. what it's going to taste like. Whereas with a margarita, if you're going to burn it with too much like sour or lime juice, yes. I'm out the door. Cause I'm just going to have tum tum troubles and yes. I, I can't deal with that. Nope. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. No. Okay. The next one is, would you rather travel to a tropical place or an Europe? Okay. <sighs> That's a hard one too. Um, I think tropical place. I haven't been to Europe yet. I want to go. Um, I think I'm going to say tropical tropical place because that's like more likely where I would like where I've been. I just went to Turks and Caicos like a couple of months ago with my kids and my husband and we rebooked for a couple of years from now. I was, oh my gosh, like the most beautiful ocean. Yes. Um, but you know, I do want to learn a lot. And like, again, we talked about mm-hmm. culinary things. And so I feel like just completely different, um, reasons to go, but like most of the time I just want to sit on the beach with my toes in yeah. the sand and just like lay yeah. back and relax. <laughs> totally. A girl after my own heart too. For sure. <laughs> okay. Would you rather live by the ocean or live in a cabin in the woods? Um, I think live by the ocean kind of for the same reasons we just said, and then yeah. I'll go, I'll just go rent a cabin and go on a vacation to one. I, you know, I love I that. Best of both <laughs> worlds. This one might be an interesting one. Okay. Would you rather go to the movies alone or go out to dinner alone? Um, I would do both. Like as I've gone on my growth path, like I love just going out to eat by myself and just having my own company. Um, I probably have to have something to do like while I'm going out to eat by myself. So I would say probably movies just because I, you know, that I don't have, I, I'd be working if I was out by myself. I wouldn't just like yeah. eat by myself. I got you. Would you rather only be able to wear ball gowns every single day for the rest of your life or only be able to wear swimwear every day for the rest of your life? Oh my God. <laughs> I know this one's super interesting. Um, with this swimwear, no, <laughs> like yeah. I'm gonna like get into the details here. I mean, it could be like you know some of those like long sleeve ones. There's like yeah. little skirts. I mean, there's a variety. Obviously, yeah. I'm from Iowa, so it'd be real cold in the winter. But you know, I think I would go for the swimwear because 
Love it. My more versatility. Like I have a two and a three-year-old. I don't have time to be wearing a ball gown. Like <laughs> I can't be changing diapers in a ball gown. I'm sorry. <laughs> Potty training in a ball gown. That's awful. Be like, you can pee on my swimsuit or something. And I'll be like, oh, that's okay. But I'm not. I'm not fixing to be walking around in a ball gown. <laughs> so funny. I didn't even think of that. Like doing crazy things in a ball gown. That would be wild. No, no working out? No. <laughs> Oh, that would be a struggle. You see me on the treadmill just with my like corset. <laughs> get my workout on. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Um, would you rather have eyes that film everything or ears that record everything? Um, I oh. <laughs> <laughs> um I just got like, I was like, wait. You're like, wait a minute. That could be a There's lot. There's some of- things that I do that I don't need anything recorded. <laughs> uh, let's just do, let's do the sound. Because then when my husband and I get in a fight and he's like, you said blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be like, rewind the tape. <laughs> right. That's actually what you said. Oh, that gets me a lot too. I'm like, you said that. He's like, no, you didn't. No, I didn't. I'm like, yeah, you did. I remember everything. Is that a type two? I remember everything. I remember everything as well. I don't know if it's a type two thing. It's not like on the list, Mm. but I will say that my husband, like his memory is not as good. So we always get this fight where it's like, well, (laughs) blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, that's not what happened. Like, not facts. Like, where's your receipts? I've got that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I will bring up receipts sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When we get there, but you know, we're, we're trying to work on that, but I'm just like, no, I'm we go to our eight and we're like, we're about to win. <laughs> Literally, that's so me. Um, would you rather have no phone for one month or no car, like no driving for one month? I think driving. I think no driving. Okay. That'd be fine with me. I would just be like, oh, you got to take the kids to daycare. <laughs> like, whatever. Because I got to have my phone. Like I, if I leave my yeah. like my phone's upstairs right now and I'm like, where's my life? Like I can't. It's I can't. tough. Yeah. It's tough for I sure. don't like that, but it's just, it is what it is. It, it, it's our life. My yeah. life is on that thing. It's terrifying. Yeah. But um, would you rather go on an activity date? Meaning like axe throwing or going on a bike ride or whatever. Or a dinner date? 5,000% activity with food. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like it. Like, we best of all, we talk, you know, you heard me talk about my culinary delights that I just need to be like tickling my fancies with that. Love but that. I love a good activity. Like, I love mm-hmm. bowling. I love back throwing. I love, we just went golfing for my husband's birthday. Like, mm-hmm. whatever we can do that's like fun and active together and make memories together, go to concerts. Like, I'm all about that life. That's awesome. That's great. I love that. Would you rather create a new language or create a new holiday? I I have like a weird thing with languages. Like I'm very interested in language. I don't know very many. I know some Spanish, but like I find languages completely fascinating. So I think yeah. it would be like this, this, really cool thing to I always make up words anyways because I keep I just can't remember words so then I'll make up a word like mapeteer one time my husband and I were on a trip and I'm like I'll be the mapeteer he's like wait you know it's called navigator right I was like I mean no it's a mapeteer so like we have our own language sort of already because like we couldn't 
think of like contact solutions. So we call it eye sauce. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Me and Tyler both wear contacts and so now I'm going to call it that. It's eye sauce forever. That is so funny. Um, would you rather live without music or live without movies? Okay, why you gotta do this to me? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I guess I'll go with movies because I can watch I can watch episodes on repeat. So, you know, that I is guess. that's true. I guess I'll go with me because I love music. I'm a dancer as well. Like, nice. Fun that's fact. All. I was voted as the best hip-hop dancer in my high school dance team so watch that's out <laughs> awesome that is so, that's a badass trait or superlative that's yeah a, I mean what can I say you know got some that's got some moves <laughs> personal chef or personal housekeeper Well, I have, I am very lucky. I have a housekeeper and I don't think I would want to not have one. So we're going to go with that. Love it. <laughs> That's fair. Online shopping or in-person? I just went in-person shopping today for the first time in a long time. And, um, I liked it. I did. Cause you know, when we were COVID, it was like, oh yeah, it was like weird. all online shopping. I online shop more than I in-person shop. Um, but I did enjoy it, like touching the things, being yes. back in the store, trying things on. Well, one of the stores still had their dressing rooms closed, which I was oh. kind of chapped my ass. A bit, no, I, I hate that. I'm like, come on, like, let me try it on. I guess I'll just make a return trip. Um, so I do online shopping more, but I think I actually really like being in the store and like puddling around when I have time to like go yes. around to 15 different places to find stuff. Yeah. Love that. Okay, and the last one is sunrise or sunset. I I think I would say sunset. Yeah, I think sunset because um, sunrise means it's morning and I have to get out of bed, which I used to be a morning person, but now that I make my own schedule, I'm just kind of like, well, and you have a two and a three-year-old, so they're like the first thing you do in the, it's, they're so cute in the morning, but I don't really get to see the sunrise. I'm just busy doing my own life stuff. Whereas the kids are usually in bed and my husband and I can kind of like look out over the the Iowa night and see the sunset happening and maybe have a glass of wine or something. Love that. Well, this was honestly such a joy to chat with you and just pick your brain. And thank you so much for being so vulnerable and just going through all of that amazing information. You know your shit and you keep on killing it because you are doing wonderful things, changing people's lives. So thank you so much for being here. Please tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks, Janae. And I, I appreciate you and Tyler, like doing a session with me so that you could kind of get a taste and a flavor for yourself, um, of what the Enneagram is all about, because it just kind of sounds like some crazy thing. And so having someone willing to engage with me, it was so great. Um, yes. So the best place to find me is on Instagram. I'm always posted on there and I'm going to be doing some free workshops coming up pretty soon. So it's a great time for people to follow me at elite Enneagram coach. And, um, I'm going to be doing some just like basic overviews of Enneagram stuff. I'm going, and you can find my link tree there to my website, which is just www.eliteenneagramcoaching.com. And you can check out my different, um, sessions I have. I do the typing sessions individually or for couples. And then I also have a 
get on my level session, which is two sessions put together to help you figure out what level of development you're at and give you some growth encouragement um, to help you get going to the next level. And then I have my full eight week elite life experience that deep dives into your Enneagram type and helps you to unlock it to beat stress and overwhelm. So got different levels of things. And like I said, I've got these free workshops. I'm going to be getting going here. So I'd love to get any of your listeners as followers or talk to them with their, getting their type. And I do free consults too. So if you think, you know, your type, I can just kind of get you started too, if you don't need to do a full session. So I just love talking with people. So hit me up. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Chelsea. It was such a pleasure chatting with you today. And thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Renee. I hope you guys enjoyed learning more about Enneagrams. Don't forget to use my code MYNAKEDMINDSET for 15% off your individual typing tests or your couples typing sessions with Chelsea. Definitely message her and get set up with your sessions. Thank you so much for listening today. You know where to find me on all your social media at My Naked Mindset. My merch is out, so definitely find that on my Instagram or my Facebook page. And thank you so much for listening to another episode. I truly appreciate it so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.